What if I told you that the answer to some of your most pressing questions as a marketer or leader is a really good story? My name is Kelly Parker, and after spending over a decade bringing stories to life as a speaker, writer, and corporate marketer, I'm here to show you the easy way to create your own stories that connect, break through the clutter, and bring in cold, hard cash. Right here on Business Storytelling Made Easy. Hey there, this is episode 78 of Business Storytelling Made Easy. So excited that you're joining me today. Today we're diving into the topic of how storytelling is critical for driving your innovative ideas forward. For this conversation, I'm joined by Brady Cohen. Brady is a vice president of marketing that loves to design innovative strategies for demand generation and revenue growth through digital marketing. His experience at Goodyear and Progressive and serving in executive leadership roles at agencies has helped him develop and sharpen his skills in analytics, e-commerce, marketing technology, performance marketing, and people development. Brady dives in to share with us how to craft stories that get buy-in with our internal partners for our innovative and out-of-the-box ideas. He also shares what he feels are the biggest advances that are going to drive marketing forward and create efficiencies for us now and in the future. And also, Brady shares with us how to create successful partnerships between sales and marketing. We know that it's absolutely critical to tell a cohesive story across these key functions within the organization in order to build trust and credibility with our outside audiences. So, guys, this is just a sprinkling of the wisdom that Brady bestowed upon me (laughs) in our conversation, and I'm super excited to share it with you. Here's my chat with Brady. Brady, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great, Kelly. Thanks for having me. How are you? I am amazing. I'm so excited that you're here. And uh, once again, thankful to LinkedIn for bringing us together. It seems like every few weeks I'm meeting an amazing person on LinkedIn (laughs) and I love it. Yeah, I'm so glad that you reached out and that we connected. Awesome. Well, for those of us that don't know you, let us know who you are and what you do. Thank you. Yeah, I'm Brady Cohen. I am a Lifelong marketer. I've worked for a few different brands, including Goodyear and Progressive, as well as uh, some mid-sized agencies and helped clients across a variety of different categories. I love marketing. I love digital marketing because I could measure and see how my work is performing. Um, I love using technology and finding different ways to reach audiences or tell a story. Sometimes the medium is the message, you know, just to show how innovative we are. Um, So that's me on the professional front, on the personal front. I live in Cleveland, married, and have three beautiful daughters. Amazing. Amazing. I love it. Well, we talk about storytelling around these parts. So you mentioned some of the great brands that you've worked on, Progressive, Goodyear to name just a few, but can you tell us the, the role that storytelling has played in helping you grow and enhance those brands? Yeah, absolutely. I think is uh, one thing I've learned is I've, I've worked in both B two C and B two B, and one thing I've learned is storytelling matters on either side of the equation. Whether you're talking to a business or a consumer, you're still talking to a human being, and people appreciate stories. Um, you know, something that's going on now in the market is with Google announcing they're going to stop supporting third party cookies. It's going to make targeting harder, and I feel that storytelling and the message is going to have to work even harder. So 
something that I've been working on and working with clients on is to improve storytelling so that we can cut through the noise and, um, you know, make sure that the right message is being heard um, and that people are self-selecting out. If, it, if they realize it's not the right message because the targeting is not as great, the storytelling is going to help with the targeting. Yeah, that's such good insight. Well, one of the things that I appreciate appreciate about you um, is that like any good leader, you're very forward thinking. So not just thinking about now, but really having um, a pulse on what's next. Um, so in terms of that, what are some of the biggest advances that you kind of see on the horizon as it relates to gaining efficiency in the area of marketing? Right now, the big hot topic is artificial intelligence, you know, generative AI, chat GPT, you know, GPT-4 is out. And every day there's, you know, it seems like almost a dozen new tools and resources coming out. I think this is a time that we'll look back on and realize that it was a major tipping point in our careers and in marketing. I, I, I honestly believe, Kelly, that like the, the things that are happening right now as we speak are going to be so profound around driving efficiency. Um, you know, one example uh, we were talking about a little bit earlier is, you know, tools that can use it. You can upload a video, a URL for a video. It will create the transcript, and then you can start to use that transcript to put the content into other formats, right? Like a blog post or a podcast or something else that you want or um, social media posts. In the past, you may have had to listen to the video and you may have had to write down those key points. Now, within minutes, if not seconds, you have all that content and you can start to analyze it and get themes. And that's just one example of many, um, you know, research, other things that are going to be done, you know, mundane tasks that are things that nobody really wants to spend their time on um, are going to be done with AI. And it's going to it's going to help enhance our, our work and free up our time to be more creative, which I think is welcome. Right. Like no one really wants to do the mundane. We want to be creative people and, um, you know, bring new ideas and be innovative. And it'll free up that time to do more of that. Yeah, that's such a good point, because sometimes we're tasked with the mundane and then two seconds later, be creative. C come on, be creative. <laughs> Say something we never heard before, you know, and right. it's hard to, you know, engage those different parts of your brain and really get the best out of your, you know, creative self. So I love that. What other areas do you see where advancements are coming along on the, on the scene that you think we should be aware of? I mentioned it real briefly earlier, but you know, Google, it, 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 it's getting lost, right? The noise of the AI that's been going on since November, you know, we're sitting here in April of 2023. So, you know, for the last six months, it's been a lot about AI. But before that, a lot of people were talking about the, the loss of Google supporting third-party cookies and what that's going to mean for targeting and data. There's privacy regulations. All that's still happening. Now, Google delayed their timeline. They've done it a couple times. It's going to still happen. And what it's going to mean is, uh, you know, targeting is going to look different in the future. So while we've been distracted uh, for a bit about this shiny new object with AI and all these new tools that are hitting the market, we can't forget about what we need to do from a targeting and privacy perspective to improve, you know, what are, how are we going to be as efficient from a tar, you know targeting a specific audience or targeting um, 
retargeting or um, lookalikes, anything that we've been used to doing for the last five, six, seven years, a lot of it's going to go away. And I think that's something that we've got to get back to. Can't, we can't stop working on that because we've been distracted for a little while with AI. Mm, that's a good point. And, you know, we know we the people get easily distracted. So I think you make a really good point there. I'm curious. I want to ask you this. Because I know you're an innovation person and like to, you know, be forward thinking. Have you ever had the experience of you're really excited about a new idea or a new strategy and you want to be able to get other people on board to see the vision, perhaps that they don't see yet? You know, how do you get buy-in for your, you know, out-of-the-box innovative ideas? I look back at some of the things I've done and, you know, it generally it takes time and repetition, you know, and going into storytelling. A, a good story will support your case when you're trying to get that buy-in. So I think back to when I worked at Goodyear, for example, um, I was able to articulate a need for... Uh, an innovative program that didn't exist, you know, something brand new that I wanted to get funding for and get, you know, I had to get buy-in from senior management before I can move forward. I had to come up with a pitch. I had to say, you know, here's, here's the, the pain point, here's a challenge and, and really be able to articulate it, not just with words, but visually. But I was selling hard internally to help our senior leadership understand why it was so important that we pursue this initiative. Um, part of that was doing research. Initially, I went out and spent a lot of time and did first party research myself, came back with examples and cases for, you know, why we should do what, what I was recommending. I had other ideas that I wanted to do as well, but I had to prioritize. I couldn't do them all. I had to pick one. So I put the one that I thought was most important at the top of the list. And I said, we'll come back and address these others. But this is the one that I think we need to start with and why. And I had to get a lot of buy-in. As I started to get a core group of people to kind of buy into the concept, they started to also um, evangelize like what we needed to do and why. And it started to take on a life of its own. So I created a, a influential core group of what I call evangelists, got their support. And then because it was such a big organization, you know, that was important for them to also be out advocating for this. Um, that was really, it was really important to have a, a clear pitch, you know, something that helped people understand what it is, why do we need to do it, and all the other stuff. What's it going to cost? How's it going to benefit us? You know, it has to be a, a good case. Mm, oh, that's good. Yeah, I'm hearing you mention about the power of story, about not being afraid to repeat and not getting yeah. discouraged uh, too quickly. Yeah. And I think you make a really good point about focusing and trying to make it as simple as possible when it's already kind of a new idea, like taking the time to make it as simple and easy to digest <coughs> as possible. So I love that. OK, so I want to ask you this as a marketing leader. We all know if we worked inside of a company, the complicated nature of the sales team and marketing team's relationship sometimes, and how critical it is to get that relationship right, to be able to function at a high level, to get new business, to keep clients happy, all of those things. So can you share with us what's necessary to have a good relationship between our sales and marketing teams and why it's so important to get it right? 
Yeah, the, the, it's the core things that, like any working relationship, there's got to be trust. Or you, we have to be able to trust one another. And that's not something that just happens magically. It has to be earned over time. And that, that trust comes through communication. It comes through delivering on what you promised one another. It comes through consistency, meaning if I say we're going to do something a certain way, we have a strategy, I need to be consistent with that. If I start doing things that are off target, it's going to show that, wait a minute, you're doing something that we didn't talk about. I'll give you some examples like consistency and the communication. Let's imagine that, and this is this goes into the, the why it's so important. Let's imagine you're a sales representative and you're out speaking with a customer or a prospective customer and you do a demo. I don't care what you're selling, you know, a product, a service, but you do a demo, you bring, bring the product and talk about the product or walk through a service, you know, use your imagination. Mm-hmm. And as you're going through it, you're talking to the prospect or the customer all about the features, but the benefits, right? Like this is why this is so important for your business. You know, Kelly, you told me that you're starved for time and you need something that's going to help you save time. And this technology is going to save you time, right? As an example, let's say we get done with that demo and that meeting. And then you're like, as the consumer, you're chomping at the bit ready to go, but you, you know, you're just thinking about it. The next day you get a marketing email and the marketing email is completely different. You know, like this is the lowest cost product, blah, blah, blah. You know, it it doesn't even mention about saving time. It's going to put a question mark in your mind, you know, if it's not consistent. But if you got that same email and it was all about, hey, we're going to save you time. This is a, you know, we're the leader in the market for saving you time. We have great service and support. And it's consistent with what the salesperson said. That's key, right? So in order to make that happen, we have to be communicating between sales and marketing. Who are you visiting? What kind of conversations are you having? So we don't want to send something out from a marketing perspective or put something on the website that's going to cause confusion. It's going to undermine the process. You know, and vice versa. Like if marketing is the one that's responsible for the message and the storytelling the sales team needs to also subscribe to that. So then that becomes communication. Like as marketers, we need to educate our sales partners as to what the key messages are. And it's based on research. So we want them to stay on script too. It's a, it's, you know, there's two sides to this, right? It's not just what marketing does or just what sales does. We have to work in lockstep. So I think those are examples of like why it's so important. Um, Otherwise, you know, you're, you're going to have all these efforts that are, working against each other and people getting frustrated and the trust goes away and the sales don't happen and people don't get their commissions and we don't grow. And that's not good. We, we need growth. We need commissions. We need sales. um, We need trust. So for those listening that are like, what boy, oh boy, wouldn't that be nice if we had trust with our, you know, colleagues, et cetera, et cetera. We don't have that right now. Where do you feel like one could start in strengthening that relationship? I think it starts with sitting down and understanding each other. Like you and I, if, you know, if I'm in sales and you're in marketing, we should be talking, we should be having conversations about what are, you know, what are you seeing from a market research perspective? What am I hearing when I talk to customers or prospects and feeding that information back and forth and listening, you know, actively listening and doing something with that information. I'm not saying like every bit of information, but 
let's have a conversation. If I came back and said, Kelly, I went out and I talked to this prospect about this technology and I talked about how much it's going to save time. They didn't care. They just wanted the, the lowest price. I need I need to bring you that feedback so that we can reshape some of our messaging or help, you know, with something else that can overcome the objections that we're we're getting. So the communication is going to be key and it's got to be fairly regular and cons- you know consistent again of being able to just have open dialogue. Like mm-hmm. we're not sharing with each other and you're not sharing results of marketing campaigns and I'm not sharing feedback on messaging. There's not a closed loop. Um so it's hard to build trust when we're not even talking. Sometimes it's even just understanding, like, forget about that example. What are your challenges as a salesperson? What are your challenges as a marketer? Let's just get to know each other. Let's get to even if you know to the degree people want to, let's get to know each other for like who we are as human beings. You know, what makes you tick? What do you like to do outside of work? I mean, just get build a relationship. That's where it starts. We're we're colleagues, we're coworkers, and we need to have that foundation. Yeah, that's wisdom. That's the wisdom right there. <laughs> it's simple. It's just human behavior. It's you know, yeah. it's social behavior. We need to, yeah. we need to have that. Otherwise, it's like if I don't know you and mark and you're marketing and you come in and hey, we're going to do all this. Like, who is she? Why did? Why is she telling me this? Like, you've got to start by building a relationship. That's so true. And too often we're doing the opposite. It's like okay, we have X Y Z due next week. I have a presentation next week. Give me, you know, yeah. we need to hit the mark. And, um, you know, we're kind of missing some of those opportunities. So I really appreciate that. Now, another thing I know about you is you have a lot of experience on the B2B side, business to business. Um, so looking back on all the experience that you've had, what are some of the things that you wish you would have known on the front end that could have helped you within your, your path? I wish, gosh, that's a great question. I wish I would have known how, when I, cause I had done it, like you said, a lot of consumer-based marketing at Progressive and um, Forest City, where we were speaking with people that were going to you know, buy insurance from us you know, on a personal level or rent an apartment. And then when I got into B2B, what I didn't realize was how complex it was. You know, B2C can be complex, don't get me wrong, but I underestimated how complex B2B was. And when I started my um, B2B marketing journey, it was at a time when, you know, the internet was still advancing, but B2B wasn't as far along, you know, in terms of how people use digital um, as they did in B2C. It's way further along now. So, you know, that was one thing was, you know, how do we use technology differently? It was more limited in the B2B world. People were still doing trade shows and trade media. That has since changed. I mean, trade shows still exist in trade media, but they're different than they used to be. But I'd say the, honestly, Kelly, the biggest thing is everything still comes down to emotion, right? You and I are human beings, whether we're buying toothpaste for ourselves or a pair of shoes for ourselves, or if we're buying a million dollar annual subscription to some piece of software for our marketing, we're still people. And many, many times I have to remind myself and I didn't realize this when I got into B2B is that as human beings, like there's, there's a lot online, right? Like we're, we're making decisions for our company that could make or break our career, right. And our reputation. So if I'm going to 
recommend to my boss or to my organization that we subscribe to something. And, you know, I have to have a good case. I have to have done the research. I have to really understand what is this resource going to do for us that whatever we were using before or however we did it before couldn't do. Why does this investment matter? So I can't get that money back. I can't get that time back. You know, it's okay to do things and make mistakes and fail, but you don't want to do that often. (laughs) You know, there's only so many times you can get away with that. Um, So I think that's the emotion piece is people understand there's risk, right? I still have a fear that if I make the wrong decision and this doesn't go well, I'm going to look bad to my peers, to my boss, to my company. And I don't want to, I don't want to look bad. So when we're selling to individuals at a business, sometimes it's a committee, sometimes it's one person. We need to address that emotion one way or the other. And that's in the positioning and the language and the storytelling that we've been talking about um, and that consistency between sales and marketing. Because if if we're not addressing it, we're sending signals that we're not the right answer and we're not going to make the sale. Ooh, listen, I am taking mental notes. And when I li- listen to this back, I'll be taking actual notes because that was good. <laughs> Well, that's a really good reminder, remembering that there is plenty of emotion involved in B2B selling because it has to do with people. Um, Sometimes we forget that because we think of the big house, the big, you know, entity, but it's made up of people. So that's such a good point. Well, you have a brilliant mind and we all can see that very obviously. So for those of us that want more information about how to get in contact with you and your services, let us know where we can contact you online. Couple ways. One would be on LinkedIn. Um, my profile is available. Um, I have a website, BradyCohen.com, B-R-A-D-Y-C-O-H-E-N.com. Um, or email me, Owen.brady at gmail.com. I look forward to meeting others and you know having conversations like this. I really appreciate you having me on and um, being able to share some things that I've learned. Um, hopefully they're helpful for others that are listening and would love to keep having a conversation. Love it. So helpful and so good. Thanks so much for listening to Business Storytelling Made Easy. Are you a forward-thinking corporate leader looking to leverage the power of story to grow profits, boost awareness, and maximize impact? My agency would love to serve you. We offer workshops and consulting services that teach brands how to define and communicate their brand story. Let's connect. You can find me today on LinkedIn at Kelly D. Parker or online at kellydparker.com. Bye.